oh my god, Luca is nothing like the Little Mermaid. <laughs> no, it's not. Because my dad literally said, why is Luca like the Little Mermaid? He said that? Yes. He, Wait, he if you think about it, you're right. If you think about it. <laughs> and then I had to tell him that like, oh, this is from Italy based on lagoon monsters and not mer- half human, half mermaid people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he literally said that he didn't watch it yet. He only knows the trailer and he knows that it's on Disney+. Plus. That's so interesting. Like the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, why is Luca like the Little Mermaid? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Ricky, one half of the Streaming Buds. And I'm Nat, the other half of the Streaming Buds. And we are here this week to discuss our initial thoughts of the latest offering from Pixar, Luca. As it's still a new release, instead of our normal review, this episode of the Streaming Buds will be a relaxed discussion with me and my co-host, Nat. That being said, this will be this will also be a heavy spoiler discussion of the film if you haven't watched it on Disney Plus yet. You have been one. Nat, would you like to begin with what you think about Luca first to start things out with? Pixar has done it again, folks. It just seems like they can't miss. Like Pixar is just so good. And they don't disappoint with this movie. I really loved it. With a good number of Pixar movies nowadays, we see a lot of representation, and I absolutely love that. In this movie, we have a lot of, like, Italian references. A lot of the characters, well, all of them pretty much speak some sort of Italian at some point. And it's just so interesting. I don't know, just putting that into context. It's like you're learning a new language as you're watching these movies. And what makes me think of this is Coco or... um, Uh, So, yes, because so would be... Um, because of African-American representation, and it was actually the first Pixar movie to do so. 100%. So we get, like, just so much representation, and I I just love it. I love it. But yeah, that's, like, the very first thing that comes to mind, because this is set in uh, an Italian Riviera. They're speaking Italian. There's just so much culture in this movie, and, you know, the same goes for Soul and Coco and a lot of Pixar movies. Uh, Ricky, what about you? What are your initial thoughts? My really initial thoughts of this movie is, well, one, I love it. (laughs) Pixar have done it again. They made a film that I initially love and hopefully it sticks that way. So far, all of their films have done that. I still remember so, even though I haven't seen it recently, I still remember liking it and I still remember like having a good feeling of it, even if like that little um, ending that some people really wanted the main character die. I like that he lived. Anyway, with Luca, I really enjoyed the um, childhood aspect of the film. It's because I feel that Pixar has always been doing a great job at children representation and like having a mindset of a child. We know like Toy Story with Andy and like the toys are basically his imagination. Or you could take it as that way. You don't have to. Or like Boo literally having like a giant like jock babysitter or even like with the one of the recent outings coco where you have this um hispanic kid in mexico go to the land of the dead and it's weird to think that this is their first outing actually having kids interact with each other as friends i love the execution of it 
it it just remind me of my day like finding your first best friend or your yeah yeah your first best friend and actually spending the summer with them and getting to know them and then like yeah I really love it it just brought me back and that what I first got from Luca and yeah let's talk more about it um Natalie what is the most memorable part of Luca that you can think of I'm going to go with the very first scene that comes to mind. And again, spoilers, guys. So please, I'm about to spoil something. Uh, it's the very, it's one of the very last scenes where uh, Luca is leaving with Julia to go to Genova, go to the school with her. And he's like leaving Alberto. And it's like such an emotional moment because the two of them, you know, they're sea monsters. They came to this new land. They both journeyed the town together and all this stuff. And they've been through so much this is the moment where they're going their separate ways. They're going to live their own lives within this human world. And Alberto's staying with Julia's dad in the Riviera. And like I said, Luca's going with Julia to the school. So they're both kind of living their dreams. And it's just such an emotional moment when they're saying bye. That's the one that sticks to me. And Luca goes on the train. The train's like leaving, but then Alberto's running after the train. It's a classic, classic kind of shot there. And it just shows like, how close they are and it was just so like i just felt it you know and even like the shot when like luca's waving by to him or looking at him and they're turning into the sea monsters because it's raining that day and they're like look or luca's looking like out into the ocean looking back at the island all the memories come flooding back it's just it's a lot and yeah that has to be my favorite scene what about you ricky i would have to say my favorite scene is a tie between a lot of different scenes because there was just so many things. My favorite would, of course, have to be the very end. Um, that kind of ties with what Natalie was saying, but like just before that, with a climax of well, the entire film, you kind of had this little danger of Luca and Alberto having this sense of danger from getting wet, and that's kind of hard when it's literally a um, coast town literally surrounded um, by water. And <laughs> not to mention, it rains probably every other day. So they have to, because they're sea monsters. Um, you guys knew this, I hope, unless you just knew nothing of Luca at all. Like you didn't even watch trailers as my dad kind of even knew that it was basically from human to, well, sea monster to human type of thing but yeah so that was a danger and like they also have an interesting mechanic which leads to the very climax at the town that really hates sea monsters figure out hey these two kids are monsters that we hate and have a whole bike tradition over for competition and then most of the town don't care like <laughs> it's so funny and like the the random two old ladies who were just looking at Luca and Alberto the entire time and kind of like judging them or like just looking out they just like took away their umbrella and then turns out they're sea monsters as well which is like wow I kind of wish like it's also a no-brainer because again they literally live right by the town so it's like yeah of course some of them visit there and then also, the grandmother, turns out she probably is friends with these ladies. Because, like, at the very end, it's like, 
oh yeah i cut like luca's parents are like mom you're here it's like yeah i come here every now and then <laughs> so i'm so iconic an unproblematic queen <laughs> yeah exactly and i also love that julia's father doesn't care even though like obviously it's very much hinted about like his tragic life uh, with monsters and stuff like he makes it very apparent that he doesn't like sea monsters but also he got to know these kids and he understand that they're kids like they're not monsters they won't attack anybody and that is kind of like my he became my oh is he gonna be the big bad like is he gonna be the twist villain to oh i like that this character exists also the villain is pathetic and i love it because pixar don't need twist villains animated movies are so abundantly saturated with twist villains that it was fun to like the little villain of the movie was that a little villain of the movie there was like barely any stakes other than them like the town finding out the sea monsters and i really like that it's not another coco situation that is just even though i like the twist villain there it worked well i was kind of scared that coco well pixar was gonna use that as excuse like oh people like this let's do it again so yeah that's my favorite moment is kind of like the end and the town like accepting Luca and then the parents kind of having a home there. That was nice too. Like it just makes sense. So kind of like the culmination of everything that's been set in the movie. Yes, precisely. It just, it makes the journey feel a lot better. Yeah. Just like the Coco end as well, where it just sets in stone the motion and everything kind of feels like a nice puzzle, especially since the film was a back-to-back blast. Like, even when they cut away to the parents, which I would get to soon, their side story doesn't even feel like a side story because they're just trying to find Luca. And that's very rare in movies to make a side story matter. Indeed it is. Now, I kind of want to segue, like, into something kind of different, but kind of related to this. Were there any scenes that really surprised you? You can start, Ricky. I have one that's in my mind right now. And maybe we're thinking of the same one. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, really. This isn't more than less than a surprise, but a revelation that is, like, hinted throughout the film. And that is Mm -hmm. Julia's... um, The reason why Julia is actually going to school there is because her mother actually lives there. And... At first, I thought it was just a normal Disney trope of, oh, her mother's dead. And it's like, no, her parents are separated. And it it was actually pretty heartwarming at the very end to actually see the story plays out as well. And that also surprised me that, like, they were going to do that because so often, especially with, like, Disney-related content, is they milk things to a point where they don't have a complete story and i like that pixar still does that they're not teasing anybody with a sequel with luca because this feels like a beginning to end story of a boy's exploration of the world and having a summer with his best friends and 
moving on from that because then you could see, oh, it becomes Rintu in one of those like things. Also, final thing that surprised me because these are just little niche nuggets that isn't really specifically told to you. Yeah. And that is that the film takes place in the same decade as the moon landing. I think I know why you think that, because there's that one scene where they're outside, yes. but there's a, there's a TV playing. And I didn't know yes. what that was. I, I It just looked old. Yes. And that makes perfect sense. Because, like, again, motor vehicles exist in this period. So it doesn't take place beforehand because the Vesta exists, like the moped. And so, okay, that exists. And record players exist, which that means radio exists. So it was like, what century are we in? There was another part, like right in the beginning, where the mom's talking about, oh, when I seen, when we used to like see boats every like couple days and they'd have to, they used to have paddles and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. that's where I started getting like, what time period is this? Like, or how long do these like creatures live and stuff like that? Yeah, I also really like that it doesn't give you a, general time period and i also like that about the first incredibles movie as well because they just kind of had little technology and gadgets and then you could put in together oh it's from the 50s is this thing taking place today and then probably not um but yeah like if you're a really big fan on the pixar theory and i know natalie is uh i was just about that, to jump in with that <laughs> we're on the that same wavelength could, yes that you could kind of just put it together and realize oh this is where it lands on the theory um but I'd, i i just found it a nice little touch because they didn't have like they could could have they didn't have to try, like give us a time frame they could have just made it up in a little pocket wood but they did and that was nice so those were the things that surprised me Nat, what about you i was just going to mention the scene where they first discover that they're the sea monsters because uh, Alberto and Luca, they're like arguing about like what they're going to do after like the race and all this stuff. Because Alberto and Luca were supposed to go travel the world together with their Vespa or, you know, stuff like that. And Luca, you know, after spending some time with Julia, he wants to like go to the school with her in Genova after summer. And so they're arguing about what they're going to be doing. Like, oh, let's stay together. And like, you know, all this stuff. And... I'm not going to say the whole scene because it's a lot, but basically Alberto like reveals to Julia that he's a sea monster. And at that exact same time, Ercole is coming in with his crowd because they're hunting for sea, sea monsters and they see Alberto as a sea creature. And they all, they're all kind of just around there, like just gathered together. And Luca in a split second, he's like sea monster. And he's like pointing at Alberto. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he just betrayed his first like friend and it was just so shocking to me i was like why would you do that like come on and alberto was so like heartbroken and then like he runs away and there's just like this silence and stuff especially when like luca and julia go back to um the house with julia's dad and all that so that's the one that really shocked me i was like oh my gosh what i have to say when you said surprise i didn't think that you meant omg shot um that moment also, no worries <laughs> that moment also touched me but i think i more or less expected because i watched a lot of movies especially like all of the pixar movies so i know that there's gonna be a hammer on the table stunt 
where the conflict happened because a movie cannot always be happy good movies and then it would be wouldn't it be an interesting moment exactly um, yeah for sure yeah like i've seen all the pixar movies too and there's always that moment where like there's a bunch of conflict going on and you know every movie needs some sort of conflict because then what are we watching you know so as the conflict between alberto and luca was like increasing you know i was waiting for something to happen and did I ever think that they would show themselves as sea creatures? Honestly, I don't know. I should have expected it, but for some reason I didn't really expect it. But the when they did it, when they when it first happened, it was still, you know, it got the point across, basically. It was really good. Done really well. Yeah, definitely. Like, I kind of expected that once they show in the gimmick that like, oh, water immediately. I am now a monster. I kind of expected that eventually they have to show Julia well, at least Julia, that the sea monsters, because they're friends, or they grew a friendship between them, um, the three of them. So I kind of was expecting it, but I was also surprised the way they done it. And it was actually mm-hmm. really well done. It was relatable that like how they did it, because this is something that kids do. And it is understandable for, for Luca that he done it because he got mad. Like he more or less kind of betrayed as well like on his perspective because you say things in the moment as kids and you kind of don't realize or like put two, two together that it felt like a lifelong promise and also Alberto betrayed as well because he doesn't have like as it was revealed he doesn't have anybody else in his life so Luca was the first interaction that he had in a while with anybody he gained a close relationship of it that he treated him as another family member suddenly his best friend has the revelation i want to leave or i want to do something else and so that like both of the words kind of clashed in what their ambitions is and so when that Mm -hmm. surprise happened i also felt that because like again just growing up and that's something that you have to learn Friendship is something you have to learn as you grow older. And that was really a nice touch to it all. I want to go back to the Pixar theory for just just a little bit. I was trying to think about where this was going to fit on the theory. And if you guys don't know the theory, it's a lot. Go ahead and check out. There's a lot of videos like on the internet about it. But I was thinking like after even just seeing the trailer, I was like, okay, they're humans. Well, no, they're not humans. They're sea creatures who can look like humans. So... On, like, the timeline, I was thinking that it was, like, sometime after Wally, but before Monsters, Inc. Because in the theory, it says that because of this, like, radioactivity that's going on on Earth, the humans become monsters. And, like, Luca and Alberto are, like, sea creatures, but they're also, like, they can turn into humans. So that's what I'm thinking right now. What about you, Ricky? What are you thinking? I think it's a cool concept until... Pixar themselves confirm that it exists. They have not. And I don't think they ever will, which is okay I know. with me. But I really like I'm, tinkering with it and, you know, just figuring it out. Yeah. I was about to say, until Pixar themselves confirm it, I am not going to believe it concrete. It's a fun thought experiment. It is a fun thing to look at. Like, But the, some movies don't make sense. But others, it makes you question are they into it like do they know that this exists um and i just look on the timeline really quick 
um, Incredibles 2 takes place about 1962, why the moon landing happened about 1969. So if you believe that the whole end credit sequence is canon, then it does line up that Luca, the events of Luca takes place shortly after um, Incredibles, the first one and the second one, as those films are back-to-back. So you could hypothetically say that the species of people, the species of like sea, sea creatures. creatures. Yeah. Yes, that's the thing. The, the species of sea creatures kind of involved into not becoming human because they no longer needed to be human as they no longer needed to hide from them. So you could hypothetically say that the monster species involved from the mer people as they kind of learn how to keep form when the events of Wally eventually happened because Wally is a popolitic area and it never shows you that there isn't water. So technically they could still be just chilling out. That's a whole leap. And I think the Super Colin Butters could do a better job than I just thought of, but I just watched the film and that's my initial thoughts of it. As mentioned, I don't believe it, but I am a fan and I always listen to their videos about the Pixar theory. No, I think you explained it pretty well, Ricky, like what you were thinking. I mean, I don't really like believe it 100% either. I just really like reading about it, seeing how it develops as more movies come along. And I can definitely see what you're saying, like where it is in the timeline. I also wanted to go back to the end credits for a second there because you mentioned it and I just reminded it just reminded me of something. Like you said, Julia's mom is only shown in the credits, not even in the actual movie. So like, guys, please watch the credits. There's, you know, there's going to be something. Gotta be, at least in a lot of movies nowadays I've seen. I wouldn't be surprised if Pixar, like, makes a little short as they've been doing with a lot of other movies. Like, they recently did it with 22 on Disney Plus of her interaction before they met Joe. And it was a very fun shot as somebody who watched it. So if they have a little short about Luca exploring the human world, that would be fun. Now, Natalie, what was your favorite little detail in the background? Because this movie had a lot of details that you could miss. Are you talking about like something in the background or like, oh, just like small little moment, like just small. What's your favorite small little moment of the film? I have to think about this for a bit kind of hard um i could go first yes my please go first one. yes okay <laughs> my favorite small little moment has to be like the parent side story because it really don't matter like just like the interactions with the real world because they obviously like they somehow get close and it just cut away at like the perfect time of like there's a comedic thing i think of the like little moment has to be the mom character where she just starts like she kicked a ball at a child and (laughs) the child just goes in the fountain and then she gets an idea and then start just pushing in other children in there (laughs) and it's a small scene but (laughs) it's a very beautiful one and then like later like it could have just been a cutaway thing like not even meaning to the plot but then later 
the mom ran out of children to put in the pond. So it's just this little funny thing that they go back to because it's like, oh, I don't know where Lucas is now. I did this to everyone. It's like, so yeah, that was my favorite like little fun moment. How about you, Natalie? So for me, after some thought, I've been thinking about what kind of scene or small moment comes to mind. It's towards the beginning where Alberto and Luca are like doing all those test runs with the Vespa, their Vespa, quote unquote. And it's just, it's the animation really, like just the slow motion of like them going in the air. And then they're like going to like the stars, which are they're calling anchovies because they think they're anchovies. And then they think the moon's like some big fish, whatever. But like just that whole scene was so like beautiful. I will also say the beginning music and the ending music really put me in a great mindset. I really loved that. It was just so, so good. I love Pixar, like just so good. Yeah, definitely. The little anchovies and then like the big fish. That's it's very funny because that's also something that just kids would say. But it makes sense because they're sea monsters and fish is something all they know, mostly. So it just is a nice little detail about like, what what would kids who don't really go to school, what would they think stars are? And that also brought me back to like the little drawing of Luca looking at the moon landing with Julia. Just like, oh, he's on the big fish. Nat, any closing thoughts? I will just say Luca did not disappoint. Go watch it, guys, if you have not already. Uh, me and Ricky, we watched it on the day of, and it was it was amazing. We couldn't wait for it, so you guys shouldn't either. What about you, Ricky? Any final thoughts? My final thought is I can't wait to watch this movie again with my parents and to see if it holds up, because currently right now, I love it for all of the reasons we discussed and more that we could talk about in a future full-on review. Definitely. And these were our initial thoughts on Disney Pixar's Luca. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This was the Streaming Buds. I'm Nat. And I'm Ricky. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Streaming Buds. And I repeat, The Streaming Buds. And email us at thestreamingbuds at gmail.com. Just like our namesake, guys. For any questions or fan mail you'd like to send us. See you next time.